Hey everybody, this is Vadi with Real Estate with Vadi. Uh, today's guest is Brad, and Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, obviously my name is Brad. Uh, I am with Key Realty and the uh, Toledo Home Sellers, the Degnan Group. Um, I've been with Key for uh, going on three years now. Uh, I've had my license for that long as well. Uh, I graduated from the University of Toledo uh, 2012. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, bachelor's in business administration, minor in professional sales from the number one sales college in the nation at the time I was going there. What? Yeah, nice. Okay. Killing it. Okay. Sales. Um, so, yeah, um, I've been married for going on six years. Um, you know, life life's great. Life's Real good. Real estate's great. And yeah. Nice. Good. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I wanted to pick your brain on today, more than anything, and we'll get into the other things with the market and, and how things are going for all of us kind of right now, uh, but real estate investing. And um, I have a lot of people who are curious and um, a, a lot of people who are scared to take the first steps to get into real estate investing. And that's something that you've already dabbled in and you're well within. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to pick your brain on on, on that process. And for those who are on the fence about even investing in the first place, especially with home prices are so high right yeah. now, why why it would be it's still a good idea to invest in real estate? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, real estate is one of the most solid investments that are out there. Um, other than gold, you know, gold is kind of the standard. You know, you yeah. always hear gold. And Everyone silver. refers yeah. back to that. Gold yeah, and yeah. Silver. yeah. Um, real estate's another one. I mean, obviously they're not making any more gold or silver, but they're also not making any more real estate. You've heard yeah. that before. Um, but, uh, why invest in real estate is, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a long-term thing. It, it's going to be there for you. Um, you know, even if you're, you know, even if you get into a situation where maybe it wasn't the best purchase, mm -hmm. you know, you've, you've dumped some money into this thing. Um, chances are you're still going to get some money back out. Yes, yeah. it's not a you know most of the time it's not a zero loss. Um, it, it does happen, so there you know and with any investment there's going to be risks. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, there's going to be risks. Um, so the the thing that we're going to kind of talk about today is kind of how to like get rid of those risks or, okay. or minimize them as much as we possibly can. Um, so you know real estate it's it's one of those things they they say like ninety nine percent of millionaires. Got their start in real estate. In real estate, yep. So I, I want to be part of that 99%. You yep. know, a lot of people talk about being the 1%, but yeah. I want to be the 99% in this situation, yeah. right? So that I can be that 1% someday, yeah. maybe. Um, so, you know, I guess, like, the, the main thing is people want to know, how do, I, how do I invest? How, you know, how much money do I need? Um, who do I talk to? How do I find a good house? Yeah. I mean, that's the main thing is like, how do I, how do I find a good home that's not going to just bleed me dry? It's not going to be, you know, um, something that I'm just constantly dumping money into to fix. Losing money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off you hire good realtors like us. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, step one. That's the, plug, that's, plug. The, that's the first step, right? <laughs> is you find somebody that knows what they're doing. They, yeah. they know, um, some good, uh, like inspectors. They know people who, who can fix things up for a decent price, yep. you know, some contractors or whoever Repeat else. business as yeah. well, because it's somebody that you want to have available at all times that yeah. can do constant work for you. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, the other thing is how much cash do I need? Like, you know, what, what do I need? Well, obviously the cash that you need depends on the purchase price. Yeah. Your down payments, right? Um, typical investment homes, they're, they're going to require 20%. 
They don't do, you know, some lenders may, but most of them, they're going to be 20% is the minimum. 20 to 25%. Some some require 20 It depends yeah. who you find out there. So a, 20 to 25%. Yeah. And a lot of that 25% is with your multifamily homes. Okay. So, so um, you know, and, and there there may be some instances where 25% is, is required for some single families. But okay. in, in my experience, most of that time, it's with the, the duplexes, triplexes. Got it. Okay. They're yeah. looking for a little bit more, which, I mean, I... I don't really understand that too much. But, I, I don't know why. But that's that's the way it is. That's out of our hands completely. Yeah, We're yeah, just passing yeah. along the information. Yeah. So well. yeah, um, you know. So always look at that. Um, you buy a hundred thousand dollar home. I'm just doing easy math here. Yeah, hundred thousand dollar home. It's a duplex. Twenty five thousand down. Yep. Obviously, if it's a single family, it's it's going to be twenty thousand. Okay. Um, so in in my experience, what I've tried to do is find homes um, in roughly like the Fifty-one thousand range and okay. up. Okay. The reason fifty-one thousand is because most lenders, they're they're not going to give you a loan under fifty. Yeah, exactly. you're going to go for, through more of a headache for investors. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're going to live there, which is an option, and we'll kind of talk about that with like maybe a duplex house you, hacking. Yeah. No. You you live in one side and you rent the other side out. Yep. Um, you know those are those are some things that that we we can kind of mediate our risk yeah okay um but you know you're you're doing you're doing like 20 percent down um and if you're you know if you're at fifty-one thousand, the minimum loan i think uh is around 38 to 40 somewhere in there okay so keep that in mind when you're looking at homes for for investment purposes now single yep. family it's a lot less. I mean, they can. I've I've heard of them getting loans for like fifteen thousand. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, okay. Not all lenders. Okay. It, it, everything depends on the lender that yeah, you find and who exactly. you're going through to get yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you may be able to find one out there, um, that'll do it for you. But, um, you know, I've I've talked to lenders where they said twenty five thousand they could do it, and I was I was kind of shocked. But nice. I mean, if yeah. you tell me that they creates could do opportunities. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but that's for your primary residence. Mm-hmm investment it's it's 38 for the loan okay at 38 to 40 for the loan so you've got to you've got to keep that in mind um so when you're at these numbers uh you know if you find a house for like sixty-five thousand, okay okay um your down payment is going to be 20 20 percent or 25 percent in my case i bought a duplex okay i actually have two duplexes right now i've bought in the past two consecutive years okay um and when you purchase at sixty thousand or sixty-five thousand, you're gonna look at roughly you need twenty grand, roughly yeah. with your with your down payment, your closing cost, everything your, put together. Yes, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Um, so if you look at it that way, if I buy three homes, at and I'm putting twenty thousand, twenty thousand, twenty thousand, if I'm able to find three homes at sixty thousand or sixty-five thousand, mm-hmm. I bought three homes where I could have just bought one with cash. Okay. So so explain that a little bit because uh, we're, we're missing some key steps to make that happen. Yeah. So so we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. That's like a little teaser there. Okay. Okay. I, I like, like it. Okay. You know, All right. So it's like you, you, you're like, wait a second. Hold yeah. On. yeah. All like right. We'll that. find out more yeah. about that yeah. here in a bit. So once, um, you know, once you're, you're kind of looking at that number, okay, 20,000, 25,000, um, you want to consider repair costs. Anytime you buy a new home, you have to understand that there are going to be things that are going to be wrong with it. 
Every single home, by the no way. What. Every single home is going to have this. I um, have I've had inspections done on brand new construction. 55 pages. Yeah. 55. Oof. 55 pages. Yeah. Okay. It it happens. It, 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 it 100%. Happens. Yeah. Okay. And it was a very well-built home. A lot of the issues were like little things, you know, they had yeah, like, but they're the still there. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So, and not, and not to cut you off, but not only that, there are certain things that you're going to want to adjust in the home anyways, maybe that oh, are sure. uh, maybe more of a personal thing, but you need to adjust a certain yes. way so that regardless of there's always cost involved. Always, yes. always. Yeah. So you got to take that into account. You you have to, you have okay. to. So, um, you know, sometimes you, you're able to find one and you, you don't really need to do much to it. You okay. Know, which is great. Yeah. I mean, but even better. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what you're looking for, right? Um, but you always have to understand that there, there may be like a you may need a roof. I mean, yep. unless they just replaced it, you have to you just have to mitigate that that risk yep. and understand that this is a possibility. At any moment, I, at any time, I could have to put a new roof on it. I could have to fix some foundation, whatever. Yep. Okay. But there's a couple of consistent things that you're you're with rentals. You're always going to have to fix. Mm-hmm. Carpet, paint. Whoa. Oh, oh, it's, I mean, yeah. it, those are things that you're you're going to have to replace at some point. Like, it's just, I. And yeah. it also depends the how long your tenant is staying in place is exactly. going to determine how often you have to replace these things. So the, it's not an exact calculation, but it is a preparation that it is going to happen. Yeah. Like, that, that part's there. For sure. So I typically will recommend putting about five to 10,000 off to the side. Um, and, and, and you, you may not need to do that mm-hmm. and, and you can kind of pool it too. So if you've got like two properties, you know, you can say, all right, I've got 5,000 because chances are the emergency is not going <laughs> to yeah. happen at the same so, time with both. Exactly. Exactly. But you want to be prepared <laughs> for it too, yes. because you don't want to get upside down on the house. You don't yeah. want to, you don't want to get yourself in a really bad spot. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about, we're talking about mitigating the risks. Yes. Like that's the, that's the thing. Um, because we're trying to put people's minds at ease so that they feel more comfortable with investing Yes, and, and being a landlord. It, it's important to be realistic and know about the cost up front as opposed to thinking, hey, I'm going to buy this house and I got X amount of money coming in. And that's that's not, I, I mean, that's part of the formula, obviously, but there's a lot of outs as well. So it's not trying to crush anybody's dream or build them up. It's be realistic with what's going on. And when you know, you can prepare accordingly, like you're saying, like yep. you have to. It's not that the roof is going to cave in tomorrow. Exactly. But, you it, you know, there's a lifespan it's, on a roof. It's going to happen eventually yeah. regardless. So you have to be prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and many of the homes in Toledo were, I mean, I, as far as I know, um, I, we're really high up there on the scale of, you know, homes that were built before 1978. Very high up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Very, very which, high up there. If you're not yeah. familiar with it, this 1978 is the year for the lead based paint thing. Yep. So there's a lot of old homes in the Toledo area. Yes. All right. We, we kind of stick with our, our old homes. Yep. Whereas like places like California, if it's, if it's like 10 years or older, they're like, ah, tear it down, tear down make a new one, <laughs> build a new make one. A new one. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. So, you know, we, we kind of hold on to our stuff. So you have to understand, once again, you're going to find things wrong with the home. It's what are you willing to live with? What are you willing to pay to have repaired? You know, and, and um, what are my tenants going to be okay with as pl- well? Plaster walls, very common oh, yeah. here. Uh, yeah. Older electrical. Yep. I mean, these are all things that are just... And I, and every market is also different. So we're talking about Toledo and surrounding areas here. 
Um, every market's going to be a little bit different when it comes to this, but it's an expectation to know, you know, the houses are a little bit older. There are going to think there, there's going to be things that need updates. And sometimes yeah. they don't, by the way, like sometimes things are, everything's fine, mm -hmm. but just have that expectation that those are the major concerns going yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And not every purchase you have is going to be a disaster. Okay. No, you, you hear the horror stories of rentals. Okay. Just like you always hear the negatives of the news. Yes. What? Of anything. Like, <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't hear the positives. You no. don't hear like, oh, yeah, they, no. we we just uh, signed a peace treaty. Like, you don't hear about <laughs> that. You hear about, oh, there's there may be war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear about the negative things. So here's the thing that you have to think about, and you have to train yourself to understand this, is if there's all these negative things, why are people still investing? Why are there so yeah. many people still buying homes? Well, because the positives yeah. outweigh the negatives. Yes. People, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. So the negatives come out. So you have to understand that as well, that there, there's going to be these negative things that you hear, and it, it does happen, and it sucks when it does. Yep. Um, it, is, it is not a fun situation to have to evict a, an unruly tenant because mm, they're not no. paying the rent. It, it's not fun to do that. It's not fun to have to go in and spend thousands of dollars to repair a basement that's being flooded. Yep. It, it's, it stinks. Um. So we, we've got to be real. But the thing is, there's so much more opportunity for positive than there is negative. Yeah, and those are short circumstances in what you're looking at as a long-term thing. So over the span of X amount of years, how many times have you had to kick a tenant out? How many times have you had the basement flood? Those are generally things that you have to take care of, but it's not something that's going to be a monthly or yeah. issue. Like you, you take care of those things for the long term, and then you shouldn't have to deal with those things too often. Yeah. Also depends on the number of properties you have. Yes. The more properties you have, the more headaches that you're, you're bound to yeah. encounter. But the overall weight of it is more positive than negative. But like you said, the, the louder is the negative yeah. out of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to understand this too. I mean, as, as realtors, we understand if you pay $20,000 or $10,000 to put a new roof on a house, mm -hmm. you can't like list it for 10 or 20,000 more. It it's, doesn't raise the price. It's, it's yep. part of the house. Yep. So when you look at that, you have to understand this is part of the investment mm -hmm. and it's the long-term investment that's going on. It's the, it, it's, it's just, it's all part of it. Okay. Yep. So, when you when you have that you also have to think about the taxes it's a write-off yep it's an adjustment it goes against your income you don't pay on that income you don't pay the taxes on that income if <laughs> you're putting a new roof on yes it, it cuts into your into your profit so that that's it's taken care of though where people see it as a complete and total loss and that's another benefit is the tax write-offs that you have with yeah. this other home yeah yeah so, and that's, that's the other thing that you have to consider. Obviously you don't want to have, you know, $40,000 in tax write-offs because you had yeah. to <laughs> do the home and you only made like $10,000 in rent, you know? Yeah. It's, There's limits to it. It's not There's, good. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to look but it at exists. The, the, yeah. the overall investment of the property. Yeah. That's the main thing. So, um, one of the other things that we, we kind of look at too is like our, our rents. I mean, you know, we, we've got to weigh the rent against the mortgage and we mm -hmm. see like how much am I going to actually have coming in mm -hmm. um, so we'll kind of we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into that as well so one of the things is I, I kind of teased about the sixty thousand dollars you buy three houses or sixty thousand dollars you you buy one house okay yep. with cash so there's there's a weight there 
it's it's mortgage versus cash. Now, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think that buying three houses is is better than buying one. Okay. okay? The math adds up. Yeah. You get three instead of one. Yeah. However, the the you can only have ten loans at a time under your name. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a spouse, you can have ten loans. They can have ten loans. Okay. So you can have twenty total as a household. Okay. Right? Now there are some some new companies that have been popping up where they're actually going above and beyond that. Okay. Where they're 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 designed for investors. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think one of them is. Uh, I think they're like Norada Real Estate. They 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 work with investors and they'll they'll give you loans above those ten. That nice. You have, okay? okay. They're a private company. Um, so. You know, I, I mean, to get to twenty loans, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're. It's gonna take you a little bit to get there. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like an immediate problem that you have to worry about yeah. by any means, but it's something to think about for long term. And depending on your strategy too, I mean, by the time you get to that twentieth loan, you could already have one or two of them paid off. Yeah. And then and then you you're freed up to get two more loans. Okay. Yeah. So mortgage versus cash. Um, with cash. Obviously, you're taking all your cash, you're dumping it into that house. You have no mortgage payment. All you have is your insurance and your taxes, which you know I I roughly estimate a hundred bucks a month for insurance, mm-hmm. and then depending on the areas that you're in, you know it's it's going to be like three to six percent, just depending obviously depending on where yeah where you're at. Um, so you know you can roughly estimate just on the high side two fifty a month for taxes and insurance. And okay. that's your that's your new mortgage payment, yep. so to speak. So that's what you cash. would set aside out of every yep. payment that comes in. Yes. Now, if you're doing a mortgage um, for a home at sixty thousand dollars, remember you're putting twenty thousand or twenty five, just depending mm-hmm. on if it's a single family or multifamily. Um, your mortgage payment is going to be roughly, you know, four hundred to five fifty, and that is that's including your taxes and, and insurance. Yep. Okay, so if you look at it like that, I'm paying, let's just say I'm paying 500 a month on my mortgage, mm-hmm. and I'm able to rent this house out for seven 750 a month. Okay. I, I feel like that's a- That's a good number. Halfway decent rate for the for that neighborhood that, you know, a $60,000, $65,000 home yes. would be in. $750. Yep. Okay. So there's two things that I look at. What is my purchase to rent ratio? Okay. I like to have 1%, meaning okay. if I buy a home for $65,000, okay. I want to at least, at minimum, get 650 in rent. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, if it's $100,000, I want $1,000 uh, in rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Everything's going to change depending on the numbers. 1%. Okay. okay. Um, if you can get higher than that, great. Yeah. If you're comfortable with getting less than that, it's fine. You have to understand, just because... My mortgage is five hundred, and I'm getting seven fifty. I'm getting two hundred fifty bucks extra a month. That's that's gonna kind of drive my cash flow yeah. in a sense, okay? Because that five hundred gets taken out, and goes to the mortgage, taxes, insurance. Okay. Two fifty kind of goes in my pocket. Um, but we have to look at it like this: not only are you getting that two hundred fifty, but that five hundred dollars isn't just thrown away. Mm-hmm. You're not. <laughs> it's not just no, gone. It's equity in the it's house. It's equity in the house. Yep. So you have to look at it in that instance too. Cash, it's instant equity. You're not taking that sixty thousand and just throwing it away. It's mm-hmm. in the house. You can sell that house, hopefully, yeah. for more than what you paid for it. So and and just to compare and contrast the two, 
So with the house paid off completely, you do it in cash, you're golden because that house is now paid off. But the rent that's coming in, A, you have to put an X amount aside, which you're going to have to do anyways just to be prepared. But the rest that's coming in is to start building back all the money that you just spent. Like you don't have additional funds. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that you have the house paid off. You're good to go. And the rent's coming in. Everything's we'll say clean aside from what you have to put away to pay for taxes, insurance, those kind of things and repairs. Mm -hmm. You got to have that money set aside. And then the rest is building your bank back up to start over. Yeah. With the mortgage, you still have cash to play with while this is coming in. So the you and and in the in the mortgage payment, the taxes and insurance are included in there. Yeah. So that's in, in one my, less. In my numbers and my calculations. Yeah. Now you can separate them and you can send those checks out. Then your mortgage is going to be you know three fifty or you know four hundred or whatever. It's but better to have it included right I, in there. I just put it all in there. That way yes. my numbers are the you know it's easy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, easy a, to track. Yeah, it's way 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 easier that way, especially yeah. if it's going through a mortgage just to exactly. have it all included. You do want to still put money aside for emergencies. Yes. But always. then all the rest of it is clean and it goes into a bank where you already have more money. It's not just starting a new account. So you can take that money um, and depending on how much you had saved up to begin this process, you can still look for more properties. We were starting with a theoretical 60,000, right? Yeah, 65, 60. So we had 20, 20, 20 yeah. to put in. Yep. So 20 and one, we still have enough. Now there's another strategy as well, right? If, if, if there's less cash to play with, yeah, but you do a mortgage on the first house. Yeah. So what, what I, what I personally do is I, I do the mortgage system. Okay. Okay. That way, one, I can, I can buy homes faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can, you know, cause not everyone has $60,000 in cash laying exactly. around. I mean, it's just, exactly. you know, now with that 60,000, here's the other thing is you could take that 60,000 and try and find three homes mm -hmm. at 20,000. Okay? okay. So you can try that as well. That's but, tougher though because the amount of money that you have to put into the house, you you you're gonna you're gonna get into it. It's yeah. gonna be higher. Okay, yeah. so that's that's the other kind of cost benefit analysis that you've got to kind of weigh into it. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and and obviously a twenty thousand dollar home, the rent's gonna be a little bit lower. It's yep. gonna be you know four, you know three fifty to four to five. What's 500? your one yeah, percent on that? Yeah. What's your <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are you hitting your one percent? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And in that case, you, yeah. you should be hitting over one percent. Yeah, you, yeah. you definitely should yeah. be hitting over that one percent. So, but here's the other thing that you've yeah. got to consider too is vacancy cost. Yes. Okay. In in my experience, um, I, I've I've known several investors. They've had homes in situations like that mm -hmm. where their turnover is a lot higher. Okay. They have tenants that that they just pick up and leave, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, yeah. you know, I call them, hey. Why haven't I gotten rent? What's going on? Oh, we moved. They they already left. Yeah, They're, it's gone. Um, so and that happens. That yeah. happens. So I mean, there's there's with a signed contract and lease yeah. With, yeah. with everything in place, it still happens. Yeah. No. So you know you have to you have to look at that. I mean, you have to kind of account that maybe every six months I have a year lease, mm -hmm. but maybe every six months I'm going to have some turnover. Yeah. And I'm going to have a at least a month where I've got to go in there. I've got to clean it out. Three, you know, three hundred fifty yep. bucks to clean everything out or whatever. I've got to, you know, maybe repaint, recarpet. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, another couple grand, and then I got to find another tenant. And and time is of the essence in that case because the longer that it sits there, the longer that you're losing money every day. So as soon as you know you find out that there's the tenant has left, mm -hmm. 
um, you want to start working to get that property ready to go like ASAP. The faster yeah. you do it, uh, the more money you're saving. Like, yeah. yeah, and you have to think of it that way. Every single day, I mean, I did a calculation one time because I was just kind of curious. I mm -hmm. just want to see like how much am I making on this one unit every day? And and it was roughly like 40, I think it was like 40 to 50 bucks a day. Okay. And it's like, I mean, that's that's a significant, I mean. A day. That'll that'll fill up a, like half your gas tank. A I day. Mean, <laughs> a day. I have a little hybrid, so that's like a tank <laughs> so, and a half. <laughs> a tank and a half. <laughs> on my truck, on yeah. my truck, it, yeah. it's like half a tank. Yeah. You know? But still, it. I mean, it adds up quick. Yeah. It adds up really quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking for houses that give us at least 1%. Some okay. guys are high. I mean, I've talked to investors where they're like, I won't do anything under 1.3%. Yeah, everyone's going to have a different number on that, by the way, guys. So, yeah. like, don't that everyone has to come up with numbers that they're comfortable. Yeah. This is just a general guideline of how to get into it and the things to expect going into it. Um, but it's everyone's going to have different amounts saved up. Everyone's going to be more comfortable with different amounts. That, that percentage is going to be completely up to you, but it is, it is a business that you want to run profitably. So yeah. you do have to maintain certain things in order. Otherwise, what, what are you doing? There's no point in getting into it to lose, to yeah. lose money. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't buy these houses for my health. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't for fun. I'm not I, fixing all this stuff yeah. for fun. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it because one, I, I want to make money. Mm -hmm. Two, I want to be able to to be in my fifties and not have to like worry about income because yeah. I've got you know twenty thirty rental properties. Mm -hmm. Like that's 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 my the goal. game plan. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know we we kind of talked about like the buying in cash or buying a mortgage. So here's here's one thing that we have to look at. Um. You know we we've got we've got these two different systems now buying three homes with mortgages. We also have to consider our debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think with debt to income ratio with lenders and always talk to your lender. All right. Yeah, we're, 100%. We're, we're not lenders. Yep. <laughs> we're realtors. Yep. There's not advice. Go talk to your lender for the exact numbers and situation. <laughs> we got to yeah. make the disclaimer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I, I, my, our bread and butter is finding you the best home possible and negotiating the crap out of yeah. it and get, <laughs> getting you the best price. And we'll like, touch more on that here in a yeah, second because yeah. I have some things to say about that as well. So, um, with with lenders, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's around thirty percent that they can use. Okay. Okay. So that the income they can use thirty percent to kind of counteract um, what your mortgage is. So, um, you know, say you're making like a thousand dollars every month. Okay. And your their debt to income ratio, they typically like it under forty two percent. I mean, they like it in the thirties, really. Yeah. Thirty two is like the lower ideal. the better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you have all these mortgages, obviously your debt to income ratio increases. But it also is kind of counteracted a little bit because of your rents coming in. Because you have income. It's income. Yep. Okay. But it only it only can work so much. It's not 100%. Yeah. It's, it, they only can use a certain percentage of it. So when you do these mortgages, my strategy is I do, I'm doing 30-year mortgages on these right now. Okay. Now, some guys will tell you, do a 15, get it paid off quicker so that you can get that cash flow, like, instant, you know, like, that time. Yeah. Well, then I'm waiting 15 years to get that instant cash flow. Yeah. Whereas if I do a 30-year mortgage, my debt-to-income ratio is lower. Mm -hmm. My mortgage payment is lower, mm -hmm. so my cash flow is higher. Yep. Then Gives I you can, more wiggle room. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at these first handful of properties that I buy. These I'm calling my cash flow builders. Okay. These are the ones that I'm I'm getting a lot of cash flow from them because my mortgage rate is or my mortgage is lower. Okay. I've got them for 30 years. Okay. Um. 
So they're just building up down payments for me. I take that money and I put it off to the side. I set it off to the side so that I can take it and buy another property. It's reinvesting into the business. Yes. So I'm not taking this money and just blowing it on, you know, whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to splurge a little bit and have some fun. But. The point of this is more of a long-term scenario. And everyone, I guess, has a different view on what they want to use it for. So some people short-term want to make some extra money, go spend yep. it, go buy whatever. That And that's absolutely fine. Um, but for a majority of people, this is a long-term retirement type of plan yeah. where the more, the longer that you can go with reinvesting into that business, the more it's going to grow. And by the time you're done looking for new properties and all you want to do is take the income coming in, the more you're going to get yeah. off of that. Yeah. So it's exactly. a better long-term idea to reinvest into the business. Yeah. 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 And obviously the more you have, the faster you're going to build that cash flow, yep. you know, the, the, down payments, you're going to build that up faster. So yep. eventually I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to cut it down and I'm going to yep. say, I'm switching from my cash flow investment into my equity builders. The equity builders are basically the ones that you're, you're either paying cash for because mm -hmm. you've already got your instant equity mm -hmm. or you're doing a 15 year mortgage on it. And that is something that you're paying more towards it. You're paying less on the interest. So you're building equity a whole lot faster. Okay. Okay. So that's that's kind of my personal strategy of what I'm doing. It may not work for you. Maybe yep. maybe you want to do the 15 year mortgage because you you know you paid off faster. I'm yeah. I, I'm I'm relatively young. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my mid 30s. Okay, so this strategy kind of works for me. If you're thinking about getting into it, maybe later on in life, you're you're in your late 40s, early 50s, or something. You may want to change that up and do that 15 year mortgage yep. or pay cash. Yep. It's, it's everyone's going to have their yeah. own style, even regardless of age, because there yeah. may be some people out there younger than us yeah. who are in a better situation to just do the 15 years. And, and, and that's, that's great. Yeah. It, it's really you got to put together the numbers and what works best for you. Yeah. Like there's options is the thing. There's options. So here's my other argument for a 30 year mortgage. OK. OK. They did away with the early payoff penalty years ago. Yeah. They used to do it where if you paid it off early, yeah. you had to pay this penalty. It's still mentioned every single time, though. And, and every single time, they're like, hey, there's no penalty yeah. for paying it off early. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. It's like, okay. Yeah. I, Th yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank yeah. Thank you thank for not you. penalizing me for being a good steward of yeah. my money. Yeah. And okay. Appreciate <laughs> it. Paying, yeah. you, paying okay. you early. But, well, okay. In a, in a sense, we're kind of screwing the bank because then they're not getting their interest. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's one of the reasons they did it is they, to kind of counteract Because they had to get their interest. But they're they're getting away from that now. Yeah. So- Take advantage of that. If you want, if you make, if you basically round up your mortgage payment, which mm -hmm. I have always done in my life, every every payment I've ever had, car note, whatever it is, I always do the roundup principle. Yeah. Okay. So if it's two fifty a month, I'm paying three hundred. Mm -hmm. Three hundred dollars. That's fifty bucks a month extra yep. over twelve months. You're making a couple extra car payments, aren't you? What one hundred percent? Okay. What one is uh, for for house payments? What I tell my clients to do is take one of their payments, divide it up by twelve. Yep. And then and then whatever number they come up with, round up slightly. Yep. I still tell them to round yep. round up yep. slightly on that. And then that's that cuts down the thirty years to twenty three years. It cuts it down by seven years. Yep. Just by doing that one what one extra payment a year. Yeah. And if you break it down into months, you don't even see, you don't even notice it. Like it's just, it's, it, it becomes regular. Yeah. yeah. It, it's exactly. part of your budget at that exactly. point. Yeah. So, and the, the other beauty about overpaying on that is then you're paying against the principal. So the principal then that's what they determine the interest rate. 
it goes against that principle. Yes. So nope. if the principal is less, then the interest is less, right? Yes. So you can turn a 30-year mortgage into a 15-year if you want to. Yeah. But you can't turn a 15-year yeah, into a 30 <laughs> because then you're going to default and it's going to go in yeah. foreclosure, you know, and then, then you're out of the house. Like, you, you got wiggle it. room on the yeah. 30. You don't have wiggle room yes. on the 15. So it's it's very easy to turn a a 30 into a 15. And yeah. and honestly, in these price ranges that we're kind of talking about in the 60s to 70s, I mean, adding $50 a month, that's basically like the difference between a 15 and yeah. 30. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you do that, that's fine. I, I'm not doing that right at this moment. Cause once again, I'm trying to build my portfolio. Yeah. I want as much cash as I can. I'm dumping it away so that I can buy more houses faster. Yep. Once I get a handful of units, maybe five or six, that's when I'll kind of start bumping those payments up, try mm-hmm. and turn them into 15 year mortgages and then do the same thing with the, the ones that I buy in the future. Gotcha. Um, you know, and, and once again, it's all what you're comfortable with. It's, it, there's really, there's really no like right or wrong answer. There's options. Stuff. Yeah. There's I, options. And I think that's what people need to know is that there's a lot of options to do yeah. this. Um, but one thing I want to, I want to circle back on, uh, um, that we touched base on earlier is your realtor looking at these houses for you. Um, yeah. in this market, everything's hot. Like things are going oh, so, yeah. so, so fast that if you are an investor, it is going to be your job as well to constantly be searching for these properties, whether it's off market, um, whether it's on Zillow Realtor. Uh, we have um, ToledoHomeSellers.com that you mm-hmm. can will we'll send you Definitely. all the updates. But there's going to be so much coming in and um, so many people on those things. It, you can't just wait for somebody to say, hey, I found that deal for you. Here you go. You're gonna you're gonna be waiting a long time. You have to also put. It is a job, and that's yeah. it's not just. Oh, tell me what house to buy. Tell me what to do. I go do that. I'm done. You're gonna have to crunch your numbers. You're gonna have to figure out what you are comfortable with in your situation. Yes. Uh, you're gonna look at some properties that you might not have a taste for, or vice versa. Like there's gonna be times where. You, everything falls on you as the investor and you have to be comfortable with everything you're doing. Your comfortable isn't the same as so-and-so's comfortable as so-and-so's comfortable. So uh, I, I, I say that to say it is work. It's, it's not just like, Oh, Hey, you, you know, there, there's a process to it, but at the end game, you know, retirement funds coming in, everything going smoothly, beautiful. But in the beginning it, it is a grind. You yeah. do have to, constantly look for these deals you you want to run numbers to see if it's a deal that fits your needs like the one percent what can you rent it for in that area how much money you're going to have to put into this property um there's a lot of factors that go into it so all that to say even with a, a phenomenal realtor who's on top of their game looking at all times you still have to put in the work and look yourself as well yeah there's just too much there's too much that can be inside or outside of your comfort zones and only you can determine that so yeah uh it's it's a big deal for 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 people to know that they have to do their part in it as well yeah and and i mean a a little bit of a shameless plug for for us is we're we're both full-time realtors yeah so not only am i showing homes for my client i could be showing homes for you okay I just had a situation where I, I showed a, a triplex mm-hmm. to one of my other clients. They passed on it. They said, mm-hmm. no, this isn't really for us. I had another client that was kind of looking, and I said, hey, I just looked at this house. I just showed it to him. They love it. He went. He he looked at the pictures and everything, and, and he was like, hey, 
sign me up. Let's let's write an offer. Yep. I've I've had similar scenarios where it just does not one client walks in and they they want nothing to do with the house. And you're like, okay, well, you know, I, t- I showed you the house. I, and now I've seen it at this point. I'm yep. like, and in my head, I'm like, well, it's it, it only requires this. Everyone has a different mentality and puts different numbers together on what it would be to fix up the house. And okay. And so another client who's investing, it works out perfect for yep. him. It, the benefit of us who do this all day um, and I, you know, working with investors yep. is that's what we're in and around a lot yep. of the time. So yep. Uh, it, you know, some things can come our way that, that yeah, maybe, maybe other people may miss. I'll yeah, say yeah. maybe it wasn't on your search because it was, uh, you know, uh, it was listed as like a two bedroom, but you're only looking for three bedrooms or yeah. whatever. So it didn't hit your, your search that we send to you or whatever. And yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. But the fact that we're going and looking at all these different homes, mm-hmm. we, you know, we can kind of give you a, you know, a little guidance and say, Hey, I just yep. saw this one for you. Um, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Doesn't 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 exactly fit the criteria, but sometimes even those can be changed. Yeah, because uh, I worked with some investors who have changed the layout or added, you know, yeah. bathrooms, added a room mm-hmm. where people just didn't see it, and they had the vision to do that. Yeah. So even outside of the criteria, it, it could still fit your needs. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess. I guess like one of the other things that we can we can kind of talk a little bit about is the difference between like a multifamily home and a single family home. Okay. Okay. So like with the with like a multifamily home, obviously there's going to be some advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. One of the main advantages is obviously you've got if you've got a, a duplex or a triplex, you've got two renters or three renters yes. over one. Okay. One of the disadvantages is if one of those tenants has a problem, the other two probably have, you know, a similar problem. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whether, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, I, yeah. I'm not going to give specific examples. Yeah, no, cause, no, cause no. We're, we're trying to make you feel comfortable, yeah, yeah. About, about but things can happen in the but home and it could, that could affect everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to consider that as well. Also, you know, like say, say somebody's, you know, they got a rock band. You know, <laughs> the other person, well, that's just something you're going to, yeah, they're, yeah. they're into classical music. Yeah. So you have to, you have to kind of coordinate and, and, you know, hopefully your tenants can be cordial. Yeah. You know, I look at it like this. If, if, if I've got a tenant that's moving from an apartment into one of my duplexes or triplexes, I, they already I, understand they, the yeah. noise and, yes. and the, the, um, being, being nice to your neighbors, yeah, I being, guess is the being cordial and, and that's being the word respectful. cordial. Yeah. yeah, yeah, being yeah. Respectful. Yep. Um, so you have to, Keep that in mind when you're searching out for your tenants and, yep. and you know, making sure that everything is going to kind of flow. Not everyone's going to get along. I mean, heck, especially when you're living with people. I mean, yeah. I, I would fight with my my brother all the time. Like, you, you know, you get an <laughs> argument with your parents or whatever, you know, yep. it, it, it happens. It depends also if it's uh, more like a, let's say, a twinplex where everything's separated side by side yep. or a duplex yep. and you got the up and down. Up and down. Yep. Um, so it, it depends on the scenario, what kind of situations you can run into yeah. on those as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, obviously in, in my opinion, like I, I feel like duplexes have a little bit less risk mm-hmm. in that just because then you're not adding a third person, you know? Yeah. Um, but it just depends on your numbers, yeah. your money. I mean, if you're getting, you know, $2,000 on a house that you paid 70, you know, seventy seventy five thousand or sixty five thousand. Mm-hmm. It's a triplex. 
That's, I mean, that's pretty good. Like you're making pretty good money. So is it worth the headache? Yeah. Of potentially having to find new tenants yeah. or. And everybody's in a different situation where they're willing to deal with different things. Yeah. So if if you're in the right situation, I think the benefits of a let's say a duplex, and let's say that you own no rental properties, you don't even own your own home. The duplex is the the perfect house hack where you can live on one side, mm -hmm. rent out the other, and your tenant can pay your mortgage, and yeah. so you are basically living for free. Yeah. You'll pay your bills and that, that's about it. And yeah. depending on what the rent is, it could cover that as well. Yeah. So like that, that's the perfect for, uh, scenario for somebody who's maybe younger, uh, you know, is in a position to be able to move into a location and not worry about it and have the tenants on the, and your tenants are, you know, they, they live right next to you. That's another way to kind of mitigate any kind of loud noise issues yeah. or anything like that because you're right there. And also if a problem occurs, they can just come, Hey, I got this problem. You're right there on site to deal with those yeah. kind of problems. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, obviously, you know, I always want to re re like recommend a, a contractor, licensed contractor, to do your work. Any of the work. I mean, yes. if you if you consider yourself handy, understand that you don't do it for a living. Yeah. Okay. So there's how handy are you to work yeah. on that uh, furnace in yeah, the winter yeah. time? <laughs> exactly. When the motherboard's having a problem, you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, changing a filter yeah. is one thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, replacing a motherboard, totally to different thing. Totally different so, thing. So. so that's why it, it's oh. good to have like realtors. That yep. we have those contacts, we have people that yep. that we know can do this stuff for you. Okay, yep. um, maybe changing a a, a plug cover that no. you know maybe you yeah, don't need go, to hire an electrician yeah, yeah, for you're, that. You're golden. Yeah, you're replacing golden. Replacing the actual outlet. Yep. You know, so so there's yep. that distinction that we have to keep in mind too. Yep. But if you're if you're there, and it's it's going to be instant. They're going to let you know. I mean, yeah. if you start, you know, you're in the duplex and all of a sudden you start getting leaks you're like yeah. okay i got so, i got a problem that's happening yeah. Yeah, yeah as opposed to sometimes your tenants don't tell you that there's something going wrong or they don't know right? or they don't right? know right because that situation let's say you're you're in a duplex you're in the bottom there in the top and something's leaking through it may be leaking under from a point that they don't even know about they, yeah they don't yeah so don't. now you're you're finding out about it before your tenant even does and at yeah. least you can get a jump start on fixing that yeah yeah so i mean obviously that's you know, that's not something that you... Not ideal. Not what yeah. we're aiming for. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it but can happen. Yeah. You, you got to be realistic. There's an advantage because then you, you know about it before yeah. it becomes a really serious issue. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's, so let's talk about the advantage of a single family home. Okay. Mm -hmm. So single family home, obviously your cash flow is going to be a little less because mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to rent, you know, a, a single family home of 65 to 75 thousand dollars or whatever you're not going to be able to rent it for 1400 you're not nope. going to be able to get yeah. like into That's, that two percent range yeah like you could on a duplex however the advantage of a single family home is the equity yeah they increase in property value so much faster and much higher than a duplex okay okay um so over the course of you know 10 years your duplex it, it may only increase like two percent every year whereas single family home what is it right now is it like five well, it's higher it, than that right now. Just, yeah, just it went up crazy. to like eight. Yeah, is it like eight percent? Yeah. So I, I think on average it's about five percent normally. Th three but, to five percent yeah. appreciation yeah. rate. Yeah. But right now it's significantly higher. Yeah. But you can, I mean, that's where there's an advantage of a single family home. How and and also it's easier to sell a single family home than it is a duplex because who's yes. really looking for duplexes? Yep. Investors. Yep. Okay. Single family home. It's the highest range of people it's it's single families it's it's you know 
maybe yeah. mom, dad, or whoever else, you know, with a kid or whatever, or for, you know, new couple, whatever it may mm -hmm. be, there's a lot more of those people than there are investors yeah. out there. So the selling is a whole lot easier. Yeah. However, if you're an investor, the duplex is going to bring, bring yeah. in more money. We want to have and hold. Yeah. All right. I, if I'm investing in a property, the only time I'm selling it is if I bought it at a really low price, I fixed it up, I flip it. That's the only time I'm selling. And, yeah. and even at that, I may not sell it. I, it's I may, still, I'm it's I, just hold on to it. Honestly, it's still, it. it's still is, it would be more profitable to hold long-term, let it appreciate yep. and, and then rent it out during that time and yep. then sell. Yep. Um, have and hold. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're selling, basically, if you're buying rentals and you're selling them, you probably shouldn't have bought that property in the first place. The, the, the other thing, um, single family homes, the turnover is less than in duplexes. Yes. Duplex. Yeah. The turnover rate's a little bit higher. Just because sometimes they they don't mix well, they, they yep. don't you know they don't get along. Whatever, whatever the reason may be, yeah. but it seems that single family homes tend to attract tenants who can turn it into a home mm -hmm. and tend to stay a, a longer. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's hit or miss. Also, like yeah. that's not every single scenario. Yeah. Uh, just the overall numbers on that show that you know a single family home tends to retain the tenant longer than than the duplex. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of what my experience has been with with. Um, you know, my, my in-laws have been doing rentals for years, so I've kind okay. of learned from them as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of their experiences. The single families, they, you know, they work out. And, and no. my, my in-laws, they focus on single family. I think yeah. they've got maybe one or two duplexes, and they've got multiple, multiple homes. Um, most of them are, are single family. Because yep. that's that's what depends, works for them. Yeah, I was going to say it depends on your style because some people are going to want all duplexes and all of them are bringing in double or triple what a single family could bring in. Yeah. Again, depending on the area, there's a lot of variables in oh, all yeah. this. We're, yeah. we're speaking hypotheticals here. Yeah. On, on, yeah, because I mean, rates. if you get into Sylvania, no. you know, you buy a house for 250 um, you know, you could, depending on the neighborhood in Sylvania, I mean, you could, you could potentially be getting 2000 a month in rent. Now yes. that's below that 1%. Yeah. But, but you're still bringing in 2000 a month and you have to look at the equity. Yeah. So, so maybe, you know, you're not hitting your 1%, Yeah. but you're in the long run, you're going to be hitting your equity. And, yeah. you know, 30 years from now, you'd be able to sell that home for 300 plus. And depending on location, uh, and appreciation rates in that area, everything differs from location to location. Yeah. So yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, that yes. comes into play as well. Those are things to consider depending on some people who are just looking for the quick money. It might be a better idea in an area that doesn't appreciate as fast, but they can get in there, fix it and start running it right away. They're not worried about those other figures. But if you're looking at it long term, um, then you want to look at location a little bit oh, yeah. more as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, obviously, there's there's kind of some classifications that we can do. Um, as, as realtors, we're somewhat limited because there's, there's certain rules and regulations yep. like, like blockbusting things yep. like, like we can't tell you like where, you know, where to buy, what school districts, all we can do yep. is just tell you, look, these are online. the options. Yeah. They, these look, are the options like look, that, that. That's literally yeah. it. Um, you can, and, you can look up crime reports on the web. You can look up school districts everything. on the web. Yeah. You, you kind of have to do that homework because us yep. as realtors, technically we are not allowed to, we can't say. And not only that, uh, opinions vary greatly on that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, from yeah. client it's... to client, the same exact town, same exact neighborhood could be atrocious or beautiful. And, and so, how do we? <laughs> yeah. 
how do we we we, we literally even there's rules and regulations in place that we can't do it anyways yeah. but even aside from that everybody's opinion is so varied that there's no way that i could say this is great this is yeah. horrible that i i don't know what your opinion is so you, again all yeah. that information is available online and i recommend anybody who's looking at it in that way to drive by the neighborhood Draw, yeah. what do you what do you think Always. what's your personal opinion on it like you have to form that opinion i i, I can't yeah. tell you much every all the information is available online as far as statistics and you can look it up and see if it's something that fits what you're looking yeah. for yeah so no. i mean the thing that i i will kind of do is i will do classifications of neighborhoods like a b c d mm-hmm. um based on price ranges okay? okay so obviously like if your price range is like five hundred thousand and up mm-hmm. You can pretty much, it's a safe guess that it's going to be an A-class neighborhood. Yes. Okay. School yeah. district will most likely be pretty good. Um, you know, the, the other homes in that area, they're all going to be around that same price range. It's probably an, in a development. Probably is the key word in all of this. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then like your B-class neighborhood, and this is Toledo market. Okay. Yeah. I mean, California is going to be a totally different to- thing. Totally different game. I mean, five, yeah. yeah. $500,000 home in, yeah. in California and in, in LA is, is Toledo and surrounding areas. Yeah. We'll go with Northwest Ohio. Yeah, on yeah. This. Northwest yeah. Ohio. Yeah, and, you know, so our our A class neighborhoods are probably like five hundred and up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your B class is anywhere from like two fifty to to you know four four or five. Um, you know, and then and then the the different classes of neighborhoods it it, it kind of drops with price range, and that's that's is this just, your own grading scale, by the kind way? Of, kind of. I was gonna I say mean, you made this up. Well, I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. Because I heard this great. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an exact. But model. you're using it for a frame of reference to be able to tell people because, kind of. Yeah, because price. Prices, with a lot of leeway, by the way. Yeah. Prices, with a lot of leeway. Yeah. Prices are going to tell you a whole lot. I mean, you're not going to see in, in Sylvania or Perrysburg, you're mm-hmm. not going to see a, a $30,000 home unless it's trashed. Yeah. And it's just a mess and it yeah. needs tons and tons of work. Yeah. Okay. Well, even it's just, then it's probably going to be higher. <laughs> exactly. It, no, it's probably has a foundation problem. If it, it's yeah. like, <laughs> it, it, it right probably now. needs to be torn yeah. down. So, you know, it, yeah. and that's the thing is every, yeah. everything is going to be different. I mean, you know, you go to like the Ottawa Hills, old orchard is a constant debate in our, in our area. Okay. Like, because there's homes that are like 150,000 and yep. then like across the street, they're like, a million. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like well, how do I do how? comps? Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah. How do I yeah. do comps? Um, so it, it's it's just a little different. So that's that's kind of how I just do a general classification of okay. like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. You know, <laughs> just the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. All the way to Z. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Z class neighbors. You don't want to be. You don't want to be in the Z class yeah. neighborhood. I don't know what no. to tell you, dude. It's, a, it's up to you completely. Yeah. But <laughs> So, you know, if you kind of look at it like that, you know, obviously the the better the neighborhood, the better the the classification, you know, the higher the rent's going to be. Also, you're higher the mortgage, mm-hmm. but your equity is probably going to increase higher. Yeah. So if you want to go that route, there, there's many people that buy $500,000 homes or higher, and they don't even live in them. They just rent them out. Yeah. And, and they, I mean, they're happy. The, with what you can charge for the rent is above what the mortgage is. And yeah. so you have a $500,000 house that's paying itself off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another thing with those um, houses in the higher price ranges when it comes to renting, those tend to attack, uh, uh, attract tenants that stay long term. Oh, yeah. Like those yeah. are tenants that are serious about wanting to stay there. And whether the reasons is for, you know, building back up their credit to purchase a home mm-hmm. um, or they may, they may have their own reasons for not wanting to purchase. But those those tenants seem to stay 
like like years like we're talking yeah. long term they want to yeah. stay there so yeah. it's even less of a turnover rate and having to go in and repair and having to go change oh, it. Yeah. Like it's less cost overall, even though the sure. initial amount is way, I mean, it's way higher. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's definitely going to scare a lot of people off from it. It's an investment. So yeah. any investment can still go wrong. Anything. There's no 100% guarantee. There's no 0% chance of an error. Like these things can still happen. So yeah. it, you know, people look yeah. at the numbers and they're like, nah, I'm not getting into that. Yeah. Or you're not in a position to get into that. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm in so, a position to get into that. So, <laughs> so kind of, kind of, you, you made me think of something else yeah. is when, when you're in those higher class neighborhoods, mm -hmm. the, the developments, especially mm -hmm. you have to be aware of HOAs. Okay. Not yeah. that HOAs are terrible things, yeah. but some of them specifically say no, no rentals. Like yeah. you cannot rent this property out. Yes. And if that's the case, you want to research that you want yeah. a realtor who, who can look at this and say, can we, can we rent this out? I mean, I've got an investor who's wanting to buy this house, Yeah. but if they can't rent it, then it's, it's useless. It's, it's a moot point. It's useless. Yeah. So, condos, same way, because yeah. some, some condos you can rent out other condos. You cannot rent out. It's something that you need yeah. to look at. Um, when you're purchasing it for 100%. rental purposes, you know? yeah, hundred oh. You so you always want to look at that too. Now, with with some of like the the lower class neighborhoods, it's it's not going to be an issue because most of them aren't really developments, um, but there are some. So you you always kind of want to look at that. Yeah. As, as and a your potential. realtor should be looking at most of the yeah. stuff for you as well. Yeah. Honestly, if you're if you have a good relationship with your realtor, which you should. Um, this should all be open dialogue and conversation so that by the time they say, Hey, I'm interested in so-and-so house, you're pulling up info on all the house. The main thing being, can you rent it? Especially if it's a yeah. condo or something like that. Those are things that, you know, your realtor, you, you want to do your own research as well, but your realtor should be looking out for you on yeah, that one. Exactly. No. Exactly. So I just wanted to bring that up because it made me that, think of that it. That was good. Like, yeah. You know, that's something that. I don't really think about too much because of the price range that I'm I'm in. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm investing in. It's it doesn't really come up. But if you're an investor and you're looking in a higher price range, that's definitely something we want to look at. Yeah. And make sure that we're we're covering that base. Um, so it, you know, it's it, it it all depends on you know the 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 price that A B C D whatever neighborhood you're wanting to get into. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the higher class neighborhoods, they're they're the tenants may stay a little bit longer. And honestly, I, you know, my, my wife is a nurse mm -hmm. at, uh, at one of the local hospitals here. And, um, we're actually looking at doing some, some travel nursing. Yeah. Travel nursing is becoming a huge thing right now. I mean, where they're, they're offering, you know, a lot, crazy contracts. A lot. I mean, she, she showed me it, one the other day where it was like a crisis contract in no. Washington DC and they were for four weeks, they were going to pay 15,000 a week. Yeah. And so that's that's did you say a week a week 15,000 a week I know that would buy three houses yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the thing you know the thing about can it you is, pay me in houses yeah can I know can I just have a house like I mean there's one on Pennsylvania Avenue I'd really like to own but you know whatever um so with with that being said these nursing contracts these travel nursing contracts they're giving a stipend okay and it's a tax-free stipend for living expenses Okay. So basically, at that point, the nurse is kind of like, "Well, I need a place to live." They don't care about the rent cost because yeah. the company's paying for it. Yep. So that's one of the other things I feel like is is not so much, but it is driving up rental prices just yeah. because there's there's so many travel nurses right now. I mean, a it, lot. It is it is wild. Yeah. Um. And I mean, when you're getting paid 
basically double what you're getting paid at your hospital job. Like you're going to, yeah. yeah. So, you know, obviously that's something that we, we kind of want to look at too. So when they're, I mean, I think on average, like the stipend that a lot of them are getting in this area is like maybe like 1200 bucks. Um, and I think that's 1200 bucks, like a, a check or mm-hmm. a contract or something like that. So, so depending on how long the contract is, obviously yeah. that, that, so it varies. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're buying houses around a, like a hospital, chances are you might get a nurse that's yeah. going to be there for a short period of time. Yep. And if, if one of them comes up to you, take advantage of that situation and say, Hey, are you getting a stipend? No. Like if you're getting a stipend, you're only going to be here for, you know, how long is your contract? Yep. You know, three, four months. I'm going to need a little something because then I'm going to have some vacancy costs. There's going to be a turnover rate. And, yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a period of time where it's empty. Yeah, yeah. yeah most likely they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. Um, or the, or maybe they'll do an Airbnb. I mean, that that's that's, that too. was going to be my suggestion. I don't know about that first one because I don't I don't know enough about that to get get in there. But the Airbnb um, in a location like that for nurses right now, phenomenal. Because most of like, them are only working three, maybe four days a week. Have you dealt with any Airbnbs up here? And uh, and I, I mean, have, like, I have not. No, I, have, I okay. I haven't really dealt with with any. I know. Um, I, I have a cousin who owns a couple of them okay. down in the, like the Columbus area, and I think he's got one in Tennessee or something. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean they're 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 pretty profitable. Yep. I mean, if That's people are I, doing it. So. Yeah, if people are doing it. So yeah. if people are doing it, there's a reason people are doing this. Yeah. But um, I yeah, I I um I want to have that conversation here soon about um. Uh, Airbnbs in the area because I think they're very overlooked right now and oh, yeah. just that scenario that you're pointing out right now there are a ton of traveling nurses they're gonna need a place to stay short term yeah. they don't want to sign a lease for a year they're not gonna be here a year they're only gonna be here X amount of time yep. they need something that fits their needs within X amount of time yeah. and there's not this isn't just like five to ten there's a lot of nurses right now in yeah. all areas so i think it's um i think it's something to look into as well but i just don't have enough knowledge in that one to dive into that as much yeah you know? yeah and i mean like say you know say one of my one of my units goes vacant here in the next you know few months i mean i've mm-hmm. got i've got leases signed through next year but um you know one of them goes vacant i i may look at setting it up as an airbnb yep. for the time being until you know and see, see trial it out yeah if you have the opportunity to do so and you're in a position to do so, yeah. I would 100% trial it out and just see what happens because there's no way of knowing. It's, it's just like everything else. Yeah. you got to do it sometimes to uh, honestly find out how it works, if it's worth it, if it's something that you're comfortable with, if yeah. it's not, um, you know, do the pros outweigh the everything. Like it's just better yeah. to do some things and find out. You know, if you if you win at it and it's all great, great. Yeah. It, but if it doesn't work out, now you know, and you don't have to deal with it anymore. It's yeah. not a thought of should I. The same thing with rentals for people who are considering getting into rental properties. Get in one and do one. Like I, there's there's uh, risks are minimized when it comes to uh, buying a house and losing going all the way down to zero. Like it's just yeah. Now you can buy a stock or you can invest your money in some other things where it's a lot riskier than what real estate is. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, to try it, people, like, people are going crazy over crypto right now. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's a pretty, I, I mean, super you can, risky. You can make some money on it, but you super can also risky. lose everything. Yeah. It's super you know? risky. You gotta um, be intelligent with it. Like you can't, yeah, you yeah. can't, don't, don't go yeah. all in is all like, just yeah. don't go a hundred percent. Here's yeah, no, all no, no, my no. money. Yeah. 
take all my money and then you're in a bad position. Let's, let's just put yeah. it this way. The money that I have invested in in the cryptos, yeah. is, it's basically like fun money. Like it's, yeah. you know, if I, yeah, lose, if it, I lose it, I'm okay with it's it. It's whatever. But, yeah. But if it, it quadruples, triples in values, I'm like, great, hey, cool. You know, great. I, I could buy another house. Yes. <laughs> all, all paths lead to another house. <laughs> I'm not trying to push anyone else that direction. Yeah. I'm just saying that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm, I'm doing, you know. 100%. Um, oh. Yeah. So it, the, the, so I was just kind of thinking about like one of the other advantages of a duplex over a single family mm-hmm. is, um, I forgot to mention this one, but you have two renters. Mm-hmm. If one renter leaves, that mitigates your risk of vacancy cost. Okay. So basically the way I have my rent set up is if one tenant is gone, I'm still, it's still making the mortgage payment. I'm okay. not having to pay anything. Okay. Now so explain that is- one a little bit more. Hold on. I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of lost on that okay. one. So, so let's say my mortgage on one of my duplexes is $500. Okay. I have two units. Both of them are rented out at $500. Oh, okay. Okay. If, okay. I, I get, I get what you're saying. If okay. one goes vacant. I was thinking single family in my house. You, you're yeah, saying yeah, a pro the, of the duplex the, over the, the duplex, gotcha. over the single okay. family. Okay. Okay. okay single okay. family. I was lost goes, at first. I was like, how'd you get two people in there? It's just yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, one sorry. house. This is why. Sorry. I got you. Yeah. So the single family, oh. I mean, if it's vacant, it's vacant. Yeah. You're paying. Yeah, the you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that's, I, I, you know, I'm eventually going to start buying some single families. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. But I think to kind of mitigate that risk, once again, you know, maybe your first house, you, you investment property you buy is a duplex just to kind of help with that. Yeah. You know, you live in one side, you fix it up. The house I rent, you yeah. know, rent the other side out. Um, and that way it just kind of, you know, it kind of helps you out. I mean, I, I have a, one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that I just want to touch base on with, with anybody that I have on this show, just because I want to pick their brains. And it's a conversation that I keep having over and over. Um, and I don't get tired of it is, and then especially for people who are looking to maybe get into investing, um, but, or even purchasing your first home for yourself, everyone seems to believe, well, everyone outside of realtors, I guess, that there's some kind of crash coming and yeah. there's, we're like in a bubble and things are, uh, are, are gonna, are gonna crash here soon and prices are going to go down so hard and they're waiting for that moment to purchase anything and so i just want to pick your brain and your thoughts on what you think is upcoming and all this is speculative none of us know anything this is our theories based off of all the information that we have i just want to make that very very clear yeah Uh, that being said if you take the information that you have right now what's your thoughts on this i i I mean to me, it is definitely a a not a bubble. It's okay. it's um, from from my research, from my understanding, and and following up on things. It is more of a supply and demand issue, a hundred percent. And I honestly, I think it stems all the way back to the two thousand eight crash. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, obviously that was you know there was a lot of predatory lenders. There was a lot of bad things going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and things just crashed that bubble popped and it was just a mess and a whole bunch of people lost their homes is just nonsense. Okay. But not only did people lose their homes, but people lost their businesses and really it impacted the construction business. I, I know personally like two contractors that lost their construction company during that time. Okay. Okay. So when it affects contractors and home builders, we're not building homes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, basically we're supposed to, as a nation, be building roughly like 500,000 homes a year. Mm -hmm. And over the past like 
10 years or so, we've only been building maybe 300,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And these are, these are rough numbers, but I mean, that's a big disparity. I mean, that's a big chunk. So what it shows me is that, you know, I, I mean, there's an opportunity for construction companies right now. There's an opportunity for new builders to try and pump them out. But I, you know, along with that, you know, lumber prices, supplies, it, it, that's all yeah. kind of going up as well. Yeah. So that's kind of like what's kind of keeping it new homes from being built is, yeah. you know, the rising price of lumber and, and materials. Um, but hopefully that stuff kind of levels off and then we can start building homes again. Yeah. And that will increase the, the, the amount of homes that are out there. But I just, I feel like it's more of a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. There's not very many homes out there. I mean, just last week we were kind of talking about it in the Toledo market. There's there, I think there was like 768 homes or something mm-hmm. on the market active. And I don't know if that was including coming soon or not, mm-hmm. but then this week we just, how many did again. you just say? I think it was 768. I can't remember with the, coming soon. I think that was okay. with coming soon. Okay. Yeah. And I think with coming soon now it's like, this week, one week later, it's like it's 690 or something. Yeah. It's under 700. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see like we're, you know, homes are going off the market pretty quick. Yeah. Like they're still, they're still moving. Yeah. Um, but we're just not increasing. J- just to give some context uh, to people who may not know just outside of our business yeah. who are watching this, uh, there are normally uh, between 2,500 to 3,000 houses in inventory in the market to last supply for a couple months. Yeah. And we are currently, if we if we take away the coming soons and we just look at actives, last time I checked, we were at 630. Okay. So, six, so that never changed again, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, that's without the coming soons. With the coming oh, soons, oh, we're, 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 we're getting into, yeah. I believe, the low 700s or, or yeah. high 600s. Okay. Regardless of, regardless yeah. of, whatever yeah. it is between six and 700 right now, right? Yeah, very low. Normally, 2,500 to 3,000, 2,500 to 3,000 houses, somewhere in that range is what's sitting on the market. Yeah. And we're currently at, you know, 600 and Yeah, and 40-ish. I mean, in... in in realistic terms too, it is, it is a slow season, you know, so yeah. that, that 2,500, 22 to 2,500, that's like our peak seasons. That's like yep. spring, summer, early fall. That's when things are really ramped up. Yep. Um, but even at that, this is still kind of low for this, this, for is, this time of year. This is very, very so, low for, <laughs> um, yeah. so, you know, we're hoping that yeah. what's happening is there's a lot of people out there that are like, I'm just waiting for the spring. I, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many People, prospects, people I've talked to, they're like, I'm just waiting for the spring, waiting for the yep. spring. And they're, they're going to list their home in the spring. So I would imagine that that number is going to just shoot up here in the next like month or two, which creates opportunities. Yeah. Fingers like, crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, whatever. I'm with you. Whatever uh, thing you can think of. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, what is it? The, uh, 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 like, uh. I can't think of the name, like superstition. superstition. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever superstition yeah, you believe yeah, yeah. in. Whatever. You know, do, you do whatever you got to do right now. <laughs> Uh, now's the time for it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, we're just hoping that it's just going to explode. Yeah. And as a buyer, you know, then there's a whole lot more homes on the market. So hopefully it will kind of level out the okay. pricing. That's that's kind of what we're we're hoping for. We don't know yeah. if that's going to happen or None not. None of us know anything. Um, we can take very good guesses, educated guesses at yeah. that because we yeah. this is what we do all day. We're looking at the numbers. We're looking yeah. at uh, the different scenarios that could come from this that being said none of us know anything you know what i mean it's it's all speculative now that be again with that being said again um everything that led up to the 2008 crash 
was a completely different scenario than what we're in now. And I have to agree with you 100% yeah. that yes. the 2008-9 crash is directly impacting us now because there were so many houses that were foreclosed on and were out on the market. It's completely a buyer's market at that point. Yeah. The the rate of, of, I believe it was, it's 500 to 700,000 houses that are supposed to be built yearly. Yeah. And for a couple of years there, it was actually like below that 300. Like it was very low. You know, I'm going to look up those numbers so that I can talk about it on the next one so that I can have exact numbers for you guys. But basically, we were not building on a steady pace of what we normally build to because of what happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now things are kind of catching up to us where we have not been building enough houses Mm -hmm. and everyone was put in a scenario where they were ready to purchase homes. Uh, COVID had a major impact on everybody. But one thing it did is allowed people to prepare and set themselves up to be in a position to purchase a home earlier than anticipated. Um, Especially some people who were stuck at home were like, I don't want to live here. I want to go live somewhere else. I want to buy my own house. They, They set themselves up perfectly to do so. And so now we have so many people that are searching and so few houses in inventory that that's what's kind of created this demand and and put the prices where they're at. Um, interest rates have slowly been going up. Yeah. Um, and that has not deterred much. That is not. No, so, I, don't, I don't think it will too much. Um, well, it's going to put people in a different bracket of what yeah. they can afford. So yeah, some exact, people yeah. are going to fall off that list. But the demand is so high right now that it just is not. If worst, worst the, and this is, again, my opinion, who, who knows. But worst case scenario, prices are going to level off. Mm-hmm. Where they're at, I don't really see them going down. You may be able to negotiate a little bit better, yeah. I feel. So, yeah. oh, you know, and talk yeah. them down. But the initial price point that's going to be asked for, it's, it's there. We're there. Yeah, People are purchasing these houses, saying that the house is worth this amount. It's being appraised at this amount. Mm-hmm. These are the values. People are saying it's not worth that. Yes, it is. Yeah. Like, this is the way that it's always it's, worked. Yeah, and it's, you, it's basic economics, exa- supply, supply but, and demand. But people are stuck to 10 years ago, whatever the case may be, yeah. and saying, no, that's. but it, it is 100% how this works. The prices yeah. of houses go up. People are willing to pay. Not only are people willing to pay for it, people are willing to pay more for it. Like, people yeah. are, like, competing to pay to get this house. So and they're, so they're pulling out cash. They're the, they're. That All mean they're the, pulling out cash. It, they're they're doing the the um, appraisal gap. So even if it doesn't appraise at that price, they're still they're paying the difference. Yep. So it, in, in that situation, it's not going to affect the banks. If anything, it's going to affect the buyer. The buyer, but they're in the positions to be able to do those things, and their agent should be speaking with them. For anybody oh, yeah. who's doing these things, they should be in a comfortable position to do these yeah. things. Yeah. Um. And but competition is rough out there. I do not see this in any way, shape, or form being a crash at any point. That's no. and it's. But it's a conversation I've had over and over. And if you look on the internet, there's all types of videos, clickbaits. Like, there's so much oh, out yeah. there that is just like, yeah. that crash is coming soon. Yeah. It's, I just, show me some numbers or show me, they're, they're so much tighter and, and restricted on giving out loans because of the 2008, 2009 yeah. oh. situation that, it, I mean, for people to, pre- they're actually in a better position than they think. Yeah. Lenders are more on the conservative side now to yep. make sure that people who are purchasing these homes are okay. Yeah. I, I, I sold a, several homes last year to, to people who had bought their house like before 2008, yep. you know, and they're like, 
You're like, man, I don't remember having to sign this many documents yeah. with the lo- like the lender and everything. Yep. I mean, there's there's stacks like this when you you know super stacks. Whereas like yeah. before, it was you know a couple pieces of paper. Got to use now redwood they, trees. Now they need got everything. Yeah, <laughs> they, they gotta, need all that yeah. paper, man. Yeah. Um, and so I I just don't see it happening. I, I'm just picking brains on that one because I, it's just a conversation that I keep having um, over and over. Um, you know, with p- potential clients who who are in a great position to purchase a home. Yeah. And it's just that little bit of information that I don't think is being represented correctly in the, you know, in, in the clickbaits and the things that they're trying to get attention. Yeah. And so they're, they're yeah. misinformed on the whole situation that's going on there to make a more informed decision. You yeah. Know? And, and I almost wonder, cause I, I hate to like use this term, but I feel like some of it is, is like fear mongering because there's, there's some people that just, they don't understand it. Yeah. So, you know, like they always say it, like you fear what you don't understand. Yep. So there's there's people that are warning against those things because one they don't want it to happen. Nobody no. wants a crash. Nobody no. wants that no. to happen. Okay, but um, you know if if you're preparing yourself for something that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. i.e. Uh, Y two K. Yeah, I mean for those of you who are old enough to yep. remember, like I, I mean we had we had like jugs of water in the basement. Yep. We had like a power. Everything's dry milk, gonna shut like, down because yeah. it's driven by technology, yeah. and the zeros are gonna yeah. make it all. Yeah. It, yeah. So. So it was like, you know, we were freaking out about that, yep. but people were prepared for it, which is fine. I, yeah. I, I'm personally, I'm not like one of those like doomsday prepper people, yeah. but it's like, you know, I feel like you should be prepared Prepare for, for anything, for anything. Yeah. And, uh, there's and, nothing wrong with preparing, but yeah. still being informed on yeah. what's happening. So in order, you know, in, in one of those ways to prepare that is, you know, if you buy a house right now, you know, and it's 30,000 above ask or whatever, mm-hmm. as long as you don't sell it. If it does crash, mm-hmm. as long as you don't sell it at that time, you're fine because you should be okay with your mortgage. Yes. If you are stretching yourself too thin, there, there's really nobody else to blame but but yourself. Unless, you know, something yep. happens like you lose your job or yep. that's That's a totally different story. And that can, that can happen at any time. That's, yeah, that that's, can happen. At any, anybody can lose their yeah. job at any time. Like that, yeah, so no, that's not guaranteed. That's not what we're talking about. What yep. I'm talking about is you're just not fiscally responsible and yep. you're, you're spending all your money on whatever other else, things instead yeah. of doing what you're supposed to do and paying your so, bills and, and all that. So, so the payment that you would get, you, you're going to be comfortable with that payment amount for X amount of years. And let's say a crash somehow came about and happened within the next year. The only way that you would lose, it's the same with like stocks that people don't, don't hold yeah. when things go yeah. down. The only way you would lose is if you were like, ah, I better sell my house because it's not worth as much now. Yeah. And then you're going to lose. But as long as you're intending on staying in the home, like if you're buying the home to live yeah. in there and you intend to stay there, I mean, five years or more, it just, yeah. if you look at prices since like the 1900s, like prices steadily yeah. go up. Yeah. There's been one there's, major crash. There's that was dips. 2008. Yeah. Since the 1900s, yeah. it's been one crash. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the and that's what everybody fears yeah. is that one crash coming back. And, and I, and I understand it's memorable. Yeah. It affected a lot of people, and it was a horrible situation. Oh, and awful. what yeah. led to it was horrible, which is why it was corrected, so that we don't face that same situation again. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be what everyone refers back to, and it's it's mostly in recent memory because it happened. It can happen. It had just happened. Yeah. I I get that, but things have been corrected so that for those particular reasons, another crash doesn't come yeah. about. And and I understand too. You know, not every situation is your decision. Sometimes you have to sell your home because you're you're. You got a different job. It, it pays a little bit less or, or maybe you're moving mm-hmm. somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. Um, 
it's still your decision most of the time whether you want to sell the house or not. Yeah. Okay. During the 2008 crash, my parents actually had their house up for sale. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, they pulled it off the market because they're like, we're only getting like 10000 above what we paid for it. Yeah. And it was like 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's better like, to wait. Screw that. Yeah. yeah better to wait. So no. then, you know, two years ago, they sold it and they were able to sell it for more than double what they originally paid yeah. for it. Okay. So that's the thing is if, if there is a crash, yeah, your best bet is to just stay put in the house that you're in. If yep. you can, obviously things happen. Every situation is different. Okay? Yeah. Stay in the house if you can. And what I've been telling my clients when they're when they're looking at paying thirty thousand over ask is I I ask them the question I say are you going to live here for more than five years Yeah because if not then you're making a bad decision Yeah because you're going to lose Yep I mean I mean chances are the house may not be worth thirty thousand over what you've paid for I mean mm-hmm. you may you may not even break even at that point you may but you may not in, yeah. within five years So that's that's the thing that I'm cautioning my my buyers mm-hmm. um, with. However, if you're going to be living there for 10, 15 years, yeah. you're probably not going to lose. You may not make as much as yeah. you would like to, but you shouldn't lose. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Was that that, that answers my question yeah. of where yeah. where where I stood with that. And that's I'm, I I want to I want to keep picking people's uh yeah. brain on that one just to see if, you know, if anybody has Maybe some information that I don't have, or maybe I haven't seen things in a certain perspective. I, I would love to know. And I, and that being said, for the 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 people um, who are thinking that there is a crash coming, um, you know, I would love more information on that. Like I would love to see what that is or what makes you think that. I think one of the most important decisions that you can make is being as as open and comfortable with your real estate agent and realizing that your agent's on your team. Uh, the more you win, the more the agent wins. It's it's a relationship where yep. the everyone everybody needs to win. Otherwise, it's not the right relationship. Yeah, like that's simply put. And so, if you don't feel that you're in that scenario, you should put yourself in that scenario with somebody who you're comfortable with um, to to have the conversation, to know the facts, to make the best decision. Ultimately, all decisions come up to our clients. We all we do is provide information. Yep. And let you make the decision based off the information that we provide. That's yeah. and that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you ever feel like you're being pressured by your real estate agent, then you know, maybe you need to reevaluate yep. that that How many agents have you met with yeah. before you came down to using that that agent? Cuz I I do think a lot of people you know, actually statistically speaking, yeah. most people stick with the first agent that they speak with, not knowing what else is out there. Yeah. And I don't know if initial contact is different than what the relationship is all throughout. Mm-hmm. Cause I know <laughs> yes. you, you, you could see that happening where there's like, Oh yes. Ah, but then they don't get the service that they deserve. They don't get the attention. They don't get the information that they need. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. So even if that initial situation is good, but then things fall downhill, you have options. You yeah. always have. There are plenty of agents. There, are, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a lot of real estate agents. There's, you have choices, yeah. and you should feel comfortable with whatever agent you decide to go with. Yeah. It's 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 just there's, that simple. It's your choice. Options. You're the one who hires the agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and and you have to look at it like this too. It, it is a relationship. It's it, it and it can become a friendship. I mean, yep. I still communicate with a lot of my clients. Me too. I, I'm still very friendly with them. Me too. Um, but you also have to look at it from a business mindset. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel that your agent is doing everything in their power to to help you through this process mm-hmm. to get you the best deal that you possibly can get, um, reevaluate. There's there's nothing That's wrong the with you. Reevaluate. Look, yeah. Vadi and I we. 
we understand. We've we've been we've been hired and fired hundreds of times. Yep. Every time every time like we call somebody and we talk to them and yep. then they don't call us back. That we got fired. We, we basically <laughs> like got it, fired. Yeah. It happens. So yep. as a real estate agent, we understand not everyone's gonna going to like us. Yep. Not everyone's gonna want to work with us. But we also want them to be we want our clients to be happy. Yeah. All right. We I mean we don't want a, a bad relationship with yep. anybody. Yep. Um so you know that's that's just kind of the thing. If your client or if your um if your agent is just like, all right, I'll be your agent and you're doing all the research, you're setting up your yeah. own searches and all that stuff, they're not doing you service. Yeah. Let the agent send you homes, let them go out and look at homes. And then tell you, hey, I just showed this one to another yep. client of mine. Like, would you guys be interested in it? If they're not doing that kind of stuff for you, then then they don't have your best interest in mind, and yep. they're just they're just waiting for you to make an offer, and all they do is write it up, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it, but uh, again, the only reason I mention that is because I think people should be informed. Yeah, like that's yeah. literally it, it. It all comes down to the more information you have, the more power that's in your hands for you to make a better decision, which ultimately should result in either the house or the investment that you're looking for. Just yeah, exactly. That, so. Exactly. So, um, I guess, I guess if we want to go over like one last thing with like the, like the, like residential and multiplex and um mm -hmm. like the investment properties kind of stuff just one last thing to kind of go over i guess would be we close on the house what do we do now how do we how do we find tenants how do we get it ready for tenants mm -hmm. what what do we do in in these situations so um you know i guess like one of the things that you can do is either you can manage the property yourself which you know it's going to save you some money um, and maybe if you just have one or two units, maybe you can handle that yep. and maybe it's not that big of a deal for you. Um, but if you have multiple, multiple units, eventually it's going to get to a point where it's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta like quit my job to do this. Yeah. Okay. So the one thing is finding a good property management company. Um, there's really no, like, I, I don't personally use a property management yep. company right now cause I've, I've just got the two duplexes. So yep. I'm able to manage it myself. Okay. Once I get more, I'm, I'm going to have to start kind of getting into using mm -hmm. property management companies. So as of right now, I don't recommend any of them because I haven't like worked with them personally. I haven't like talked to them or, or vetted them out at, you know, I, we have a couple that we know of and everything, and I can give you contact information and numbers, but, um, you know, as far as like recommending, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, stay away I, from that. I don't either. Yeah. Because I've, I've had some of my clients say that this is the worst property management company. And then others say, I love this property management company. They do a great job yeah. for me. Okay. So it, it, once again, it's kind of like a person, you know, a personal relationship yep. thing. Um, some people feel like, you know, maybe they don't communicate enough with them or they don't, you know, send them the reports timely or whatever yeah. it may be. Okay. I don't know the reasons necessarily, but the, the best way to find a good property management company is to, to sit down and meet with each one of them, you know, get a, get a list of them, kind of talk to them and then just ask them, Hey, yep. can I have, some of your clients information so I can kind of talk to them as references. Yeah. Just, just do that. Um, you know, and, and try them out. Um, typically they're going to ask you for 10% of the rent. Okay. So if you're working your numbers, keep that in mind that 10% of the rent is most likely it's going to go towards that property management company. Mm -hmm. So that cuts into your cash flow, that cut, cuts into your overall investment. However, it also frees up your time. It, it, it's a benefit as well. It depends what point you're at, what 
if it's worth it for you or not. Yeah. It really depends on how many properties you have um, and how much of a headache you're willing to deal with. Because yeah. the property management, they're going to collect rent. They're going to fix any issues going on. Like you basically don't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. So you are taking that completely off the table for 10%. If you're if you're at a point where it's worth it, then it's 100% worth it. But in the beginning stages, I wouldn't recommend it for, yeah, for I mean, starting if, out. If you're, if you're you, just buying yeah. one... You know, most people can manage oh. that, especially, you know, if you're hiring out like some of the, the stuff that needs fixed. I mean, um, you know, you're you're not going over there and fixing stuff. You're, you're hiring a contractor to do it. I mean, maybe maybe if you want, you can paint it yourself. I mean, that's, you know, um, save yourself a couple bucks doing that. But nope. like that's just, you know, that's just part of that service that they provide. Nope. So if you're getting multiple units, if you're getting, you know, more than what you feel like you can handle on your own, mm-hmm. then I recommend getting a property management company. Yep. Agreed. There's several in the Toledo area. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of do your own research on that. So I know yep. I'm not super helpful in that area, yep. um, but that's just because I, I mean, I haven't used that, one yet. So I don't the, like, I don't like giving references to people that I haven't used personally. Yeah. And, and, and something uh, to be said with that, with Key Realty, we do not do property management ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's a little tougher for us to even recommend So I haven't used anybody, so it's tough for me to recommend anybody. Uh, but again, that's, we just want to let you know that that option is there. So definitely hundred percent, if you're getting in over your head and you have a lot of properties and you're noticing things are coming up and it's just easier for somebody else to deal with, that's an option to, you don't have to do all that work. Um, so it, the option is there, but, uh, with everything else, it, it, you got to do your own research on that part. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we have information and, and contacts that we can give you, uh, to help you along the way, but then it's up to you to call them, see if it's the right fit for you and go from there. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So, yep. so then the other thing too is, you know, what if I, I buy the property and there's a, there's no tenant in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a vacant property. Um, you can do one of two things. You can find a tenant right away and put them mm-hmm. in there. Or you can go in there and you can fix some things up, okay? It's it's so much easier to have things fixed up when there's not a tenant in there, mm-hmm. okay? Tenants tenants typically don't like people messing it, up their house, yeah. okay? Um, so I recommend if you ever are doing fixing or replacing or repairs or anything like that, um, do it in between like vacancies, okay? Oh, yeah. So, so like for example, when anytime I have a unit and it's vacant, I go in and I assess everything. I look at, you know, how's the carpet look? Is it is it in good shape? Are there yeah. a lot of stains? Why do you have carpet? Yeah, why do you have carpet? <laughs> so, that would be so, my main I thing. I mean, so, you know, Ugh. so here's the thing. Here's Ugh. my personal thing is if it's got hardwood floors, I make sure the hardwood floors aren't an absolute mess. Yep. They're not an absolute wreck. If they are, if there's like stains all over them, pet stains, and that happens a lot. That happens too. Okay. Yep. Um, you just you cover it with some carpet. Yep. Okay. Um, or you can put like a nice vinyl plank or something. I, I was going to say, you know, I would do the, the, the yeah. vinyl planking, yeah. the waterproof vinyl so, planking. Like. So what I typically do on mine is I'll put carpet in the bedrooms mm-hmm. and then like the rest of it, I'll use vinyl plank or yep. like laminate flooring, whatever, something, something like hard, solid, whatever. Um, and then I go through and I paint everything. And if there's any repairs, I, I try and get all that stuff done yeah. and out of the way so that when I put a tenant in there, I, I know what's I know what's wrong. I know what's been fixed. Yep. I know what's not. Okay, um, and that kind of gives me some peace of mind. Yep. It doesn't mean that things won't happen, but yeah, um, you know, at least you've gotten some of that stuff out of the way. Yep. Um, I typically estimate roughly like fifteen hundred for flooring in each room. Okay. And then maybe 
maybe like a hundred dollars for each room for paint. Okay. Okay. And and it fluctuates too. I mean, I was gonna say that varies drastically because yeah, fifteen hundred yeah. per room is like yeah, nah, man. Like it depends. It yeah, de- because some rooms are tiny, yeah. some rooms are huge. So yeah. like it's yeah. So, I, I get so you. that's it's, why I say like the average, you know, because like yeah, at, at one of my duplex is two bedrooms and like a, a family room. Yeah, you know, so it's like there's three rooms, fifteen. You know, I think I was able to carpet it for like two grand or something. Okay. Okay. And I also recommend um, buying carpet squares. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, so, good, good, yeah. good, good. I already so, good idea. So yeah. here's here's the thing with carpet squares that you have to understand is one, they're they're much more expensive. They're almost they're almost double the the price of like carpet with padding and tack strips. Okay, okay? so it's it's more expensive. However, say they spill something, it gets stained. All I'm doing is I'm replacing maybe one or two squares. Yeah, and and putting those down keeps some backup squares. So yeah, I've got a couple boxes that, of squares that it's, are, you know, it's better to have them as exactly. backups just in case. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm kind of trying this out. You know, okay. I, I've I've heard a lot of other landlords they do this and okay. it works out really well for them. Instead of having to carpet the entire room, they only have to carpet a couple spots. Okay. Um, you know, and like I said, it is more expensive. However, if you are having to replace the carpet the entire room, to me, yeah. each tenant, yeah, three uses. And and you've you've covered your cost. Yep. As far as like you know doing that, because a carpet square on its own is you know maybe like three four bucks a piece, depending yeah. on if it's like a two foot or one yeah. one by one whatever. Um, so you know that's something else just, to look at. There's options. Yeah, just something There's to kind of like mitigate some of that that yeah. risk of yep. having to fix things a lot. I'm still not a fan of the carpet. I, yeah. I don't like carpet. I, I, I just, do like carpet in bedrooms, though. That's, that's, I don't know why, like, waking yeah. up and having carpet under your feet is, like, yeah. super cool. I don't know. It feels yeah. like a home, like, for me. Yeah, no. But that, everywhere else, like, I, yeah. I am I'm not, I'm super against carpet. That's, that's what yeah. I, that's why I do it, is I, yeah. I do it in the bedrooms, and then the family room, living room, kitchen, yeah. whatever, it's all vinyl plank. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and then, like, obviously paint, you know, you don't have to go crazy with like high-end paint i mean you can kind of use some some middle of the road stuff but yeah just give it a new coat of paint and for the love of god please do not paint over the outlets like i mean Uh, it's it's such like it's so frustrating remove remove the outlets put some tape over it and like you're you're golden yeah like you're cold remove the the cover plate take a piece of tape one piece of tape covers the Uh, whole thing yeah and then that that's it i mean yeah it, I it's, know it, it's a per, it's yeah. a personal peeve of mine. All, I'm with you. If you do it, then yeah. then whatever. More power yeah. to you. That's yeah. fine. But I just but I, it's one screw. So yeah, it's one screw yeah, holds the one, cover on. It's one screw. Some of them are two yeah. at maximum. Yeah. it's the most I've ever seen is two screws. Yeah, yeah. take the plate off, yeah. man. <laughs> it's so, so worth it. So here's here's my theory on this: is mm-hmm. the reason I once it's vacant, I go in and I fix up stuff. My theory and and. I'm still waiting to kind of see some results yeah. of this. Um, is if you have the place kind of fixed up nice, mm-hmm. if there's no stains on the carpets, mm-hmm. if if the walls are nice and clean and the and the things look good, mm-hmm. the tenants are more likely to take care of it. Okay. Yeah. If they see a stain on the carpet, they already don't care about they're it. They're gonna think they're oh, already. Man, oh, it doesn't even stain. matter. The carpet's yeah. already ruined. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, and regardless of what happens, some people they just don't care. So you have yeah. to understand that there there may be there may be times where you just got to go in there and you got to replace everything. I, yeah. I mean it's it's gonna, it, it, it may happen. It's yeah. that's why you set aside that that money just yeah. in case you have to do that. Um, but that's also why you have the security deposit, which yep. which we can talk a little bit about too. Um, 
but your you know your main thing is just you know be respectful to your tenants yeah like what my wife and i do when we ha- sign a new lease we we give them like we we go to the swan creek candle company mm-hmm. out in, in swanton and um we give them like a nice little candle and have them sign you know so it's like a little sign-on gift nice you know? and it's like yeah. I, I mean i had like every single one of my tenants that i've ever signed they they've always said nobody's ever done this nobody's yeah. ever given us a gift it's like a five dollar candle yeah but it leaves an impression it leaves an impression. No. It lets them know that you respect them. Yeah. They respect you because of that now. Yep. And hopefully, my theory, and we'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like two years from now we can have this a This is a, a two-year study. We're beginning so, now, just so you know. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, and if it works, great. I mean, a $5 yeah. candle could save you $1,000 yeah. in yeah. carpet that's or paint. That's a lot. You know? That's a lot of money. So, yeah. You know, so that's the thing is it, it may work for me. It may not work for you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just like you know what? Screw it. Everyone screw has the their tenants. own style. Like, hey, just pay me my money. I don't Everyone care. Everyone has their okay. own style. Yeah. Um. So that's that's one of the things is when it's vacant. That's when you you try and fix everything up, get it all cleared out. Because once yeah. a tenant's in there, it's it's very difficult to get in there to yeah. fix things. Because you're you're interrupting their schedule and they're you know they're interrupting. You got to work on their schedule, their yeah. time. Because I can almost guarantee you, they're I, gonna want to be home when you're there. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to do the work while um. Yeah. While they're living in there, yeah, you take the time when it's empty and you keep a mental like e- e- everything should be prepared for the tenant once it goes in. Now, if they address something that needs to be addressed, you address that right away. Yeah, That's one yeah. thing. Emergencies if, are different. But if something happens to come up or they say, hey, this is happening, we don't want it taken care of now. The, OK, do put additional money aside for that, because now, you know, you have to tap into not just your emergency because you have your emergency you're prepared yep. for it. But you already know there's another expense coming out. Just prepare for it accordingly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and it's it's just kind of a you know a, a thing that you just you obviously have to prepare for um, that there there may be issues. But if you uh, address a lot of those issues before you even put a tenant in, yeah, you know the, there's there's going to be less headache. So Wait, what less. I what I kind of tell the tenants too is like, okay, it's it's my it's my property, mm-hmm. but it's your home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I make sure that I, I state that to them because I want them to understand that I respect their home yep. and their property within that home, but it's, it's my property. Yeah. Okay. So that way they understand like there's a, a mutual respect. Yep. Like I'm going to respect your living area and where you live as, and hopefully you respect the, the property that, yeah. that I own here. Um, and, and try and make it like a mutual thing. Try and Try well, both parties should benefit. And, yeah, the, both parties should. It's another yeah. situation where both parties should benefit. Otherwise, what what are either one of you guys yeah. doing if it if yeah. that's not the way the relationship is working? Yeah, because here's the thing: is if you look at your tenants as kind of like, oh, they're just you know they just they pay me my rent. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it the wrong way because without tenants, you're not making any money. You're not. Without, yeah. Without tenants, you're paying the mortgage. Yep. So. Treat them with respect. Treat them with. with They're the most and, important yeah. part of the whole element. You're, you're. You could you're, do everything else, but if you don't have anybody yeah. in there, what are you doing? Yeah, if I, if I mean, it's no, di- it, it's a service. Yeah. Okay. It's no different than going to McDonald's and, and them getting your order wrong. Like nope. you get all ticked off at them, right? Yep. But like if I if they ask me to fix something and I don't fix it, they're gonna yep. get ticked off at me. Yeah. And, and then there's Mistakes a breakdown again. of that relationship. There, there's, a, there's always things that go wrong within a home that need to be addressed, uh, yeah. or just in general. As long as they're addressed and corrected, yeah. that's the that's the main takeaway from yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, obviously, once again, every situation is different. Every tenant is different. Some are going to call you. Every for, landlord's different. For, for a, yeah. <laughs> For yeah, every, I mean, some of you may, some different. of you may be looking at me and like, this dude is crazy. Like, why, no. why is he even like replacing carpet? You no. know, like, B- 
because yeah um that's that's my plan and i'm also looking at it in the long-term investment too yeah. because when i go to resell this place in you know 30 40 years from now whenever i'm going to be able to say hey i redid this i redid that yeah. this has been redone it's updated or whatever yeah. you know maybe not 30 years from now it won't yeah, be yeah, updated yeah. but you but changed it, the carpet 17 yeah. times yeah. Why do you- <laughs> but it but it's one of those things that you know i i'm going to yeah. know that i've taken care of this place yeah. and i know that like I can, I'll be able to sell it for more than what I paid for. I know that it's, it's a long-term investment. Yeah. So you have to kind of look at it like that. Don't look at it as if you're doing some, some updates or some repairs or things like that. Don't look at it as wasted money. Look at it as investing in the home so that it lasts longer. So you can make money longer so that you can, if, and when you do go to sell it, that you can sell it for more. That's, yeah. that's the ultimate goal. Um, the, you know, the landlords that just buy a property and they just let it fall apart and, you know, they just put tenant after tenant in there yep. without ever doing anything. I mean, it, it's it's a way to make money, but yeah, I, there's right and wrong ways to I, go about all this stuff. Yeah, there, there I mean, really it's, is. It, it's it's whatever. So, um, it, it's all dependent on what you want to do. And mm-hmm. if you if you feel that that's a good uh, a good way for you to to do it, then that's fine too. It, it's it's your property. It's nope. you know however you want to manage it. It's it's up to you. So, um, as far as like when you buy it and there's already a tenant in there mm-hmm. okay obviously you just you leave it alone i mean yeah. you you can ask them like hey you know are you are you, is there anything that's kind of messing up on you is well there, you you want to do like, it so if you buy a property that already has a tenant in there you 100 percent want to do an introduction yeah you are the new person yep. that everything is going to happen with yep. um and there needs to be that relationship there. So 100% you want to reach out and you want to say, you know, you know wherever the payments are going to go to, any structure. And then you want to ask those questions. Is yeah. there anything about the home that I need to know about? Anything that needs repair? Anything that needs addressed? And you want to learn those things by having that relationship yep. with that tenant in there. Yep. Yeah. And so. I mean, obviously, if you've hired a property management company, you're not doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking about you're managing your own property. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of how, the, how that works. So I always just kind of ask them, like, are there any issues or, you know, is there like a, a light that's flickering or something like, you know, like whatever it may be. Is a- this anything. Like, yeah. Is What's this going on? Just so, work? just like, so you know. Yeah. And you know, so a lot of them, they've told me, well, this happens, but eh, it's not a big deal. I don't care. You know? And if they say they don't care, then you're just kind of like, all right, well, when I get to it, I'll get to it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not an emergent situation. So yeah. you just kind of let it go. Um, so I, I mean, I guess like the next thing is, you know, once you do that introduction, mm-hmm. you know, you, you let them know, Hey, I'm, I just closed on this place. This is this, you know, I'm going to be taking over all the responsibilities and managing the property. I'm, I'm the, if you're not hiring a property management company, mm-hmm. I'm the owner. I, you know, so if you ever have any questions or anything, here's my phone number, exchange mm-hmm. numbers, and then sit down with them and discuss a new lease. Now, if they're already under a lease, they have tenant rights. So, you know, you got to kind of carry out that lease. However, you can also just say, hey, do you want to sign a new lease yep. instead of, you know, this one? And and some people, they go in and um, they just they evict the tenants so that they can get in there and fix everything up. Mm-hmm. If that's your prerogative, go ahead. Just understand that you may have to fix up a couple more things that you may not have had to fix up before. Yep. OK, I feel that if there's a tenant already in there, you kind of just leave it alone, yep. especially if they've been there for a long time and yeah, you don't been, want to bother like, them yeah, yeah been like paying on yeah. time and everything just leave it alone yeah. sign them to this i mean for 
for crying out loud, sign them to the exact same lease that they're on right now. Yep. Don't increase the rent and just let that first year ride, you know, because then you're then you're kind of you're building that relationship with. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Um, if you want to increase the rent, you you have every right to do that. Yeah, you can. There's nothing wrong with doing that either. I just kind of for that first year, I just say, all right, let's just ride this yeah. out and we'll kind of see how things go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you, know, you go from there. Yeah. Um, the security deposit typically it's the same amount as the rent. So if it's six fifty a month, you do six fifty security deposit. However, you can also ask for like more. I mean, yeah. you can ask for double. You you can do whatever you want, yeah. but understand that that's not really your money. Yeah, it's it's theirs. You're just holding it for them just yep. in case there are issues that they, you know, they don't clean out the house, they punch holes in the wall, whatever it may be, repairs, and evictions, such. Yep. whatever. So that's kind of how you mitigate some of that risk as well. Yep. Is is you you ask them for double security deposit. If or, there's pets involved, especially like you just want to yes. hire security so, deposit. So with that being said, um, and, and have have a lawyer write up your lease agreement. Mm-hmm. Don't do it yourself. Don't just pull one offline. Because mm-hmm. every state is different. Every, every, I mean, heck, even some things are, are better to pay to have done correctly yeah. and not have to worry about it down the line. Some of the things where you try to save costs are going to come around and, and hurt you more later, yeah. which is why for, for that one, I, I agree 100% yeah. on that. Have a yeah. lawyer write up the lease agreement. Um, and then I know that there's, there's some, there's some things with, with pets. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if it's an assistance dog or, or a, emotional support animal, whatever, those things are, are kind of protected. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't like charge extra. on yeah. those. But if it's just a pet, you, you can, um, I think, you know, and I, I think it depends in like, what the pet is. Yeah. Too. I think like, like a goldfish. I'm yeah. not, you know, this, yeah. this, I mean, this, if it's a goldfish, if it's a dog or a cat, you know, you could, you could say, all right, give me, you know, an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. Like and, whatever, and that's, that's a know, case by case just, basis, yeah, whatever matter. they decide. Yeah. Or you don't even have to charge them. You don't, but um, I recommend it though, yeah, just because I, pets tend to. I yeah. mean, there's going to be something. Yeah, you, that. yeah, that if it's a dog or a cat, yeah. they may scratch up one of your baseboards, and so you have to spend you know ten bucks to buy a new piece yeah. of baseboard and replace it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's just kind of you know what I what I recommend. Definitely have a lawyer write up your lease agreement, and then make sure everyone signs it. Always give them a lead based paint form if it if the home qualifies. Yeah, um, before 1978. 78. Okay. Um, and then give them a lead-based pamphlet. Those are some things that you you have to do um, legally. So those are those are just some some extra little nuggets of of information. Um, I don't really I, I I don't really think there's anything else that um, I can kind of go. I, I think I think we've touched on everything and then some. Yeah. I think we went above and beyond on yeah. and uh, yeah. So and I mean there's there's uh, plenty more hours that we can spend speaking on all this because there's oh, there's yeah. a, there's just a lot. But I think for a generality, I think we did. I, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. And people, if you have questions, feel free to reach out at any time. Um, you can reach out to us directly. I'll put all the contact info below. So if you guys do have questions, please feel free to reach out or comment below. Anything else you want to add in before we um we finish up here? Invest in real estate. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Thank you guys for watching. I Thank appreciate you. your time. Have a good one. Bye.